future husband? What are they talking about at that place? <laughs> wow, they start them young these days, man. Right? I guess I told you guys I got, you know, my wife when I was born, you know, she was, she was a nurse. Amen. <laughs> Amen. If you, um, as Pastor Danny mentioned a moment ago, this is Palm Sunday, which begins the week of passion. Uh, this is the week that Jesus really displayed his love for the world, going into Jerusalem, knowing that in Jerusalem he, he would die, and he would die for us. Um, this, all, all, this month is also a, a month on wellness, and uh, so we've been talking about wellness. And uh, I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, and I'm going to be as quick as possible because we've had a, a, a lot of announcements and, and various things, but... Um, I want us to think about something this morning that's found here in Proverbs 14, verse 30. Just a simple verse, single verse, and this is what it says. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the Bible. It says, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning that you would speak to us through these words, these words of wisdom. Father God, uh, insightful words from far beyond the time when medical science made the connection between stress and envy and, and physical health. So I, I just ask that you would speak to us through these words this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm hoping also this month that we'll hear from Pat and Liz on some things about being healthy uh, because it matters. Uh, being healthy. If you're not alive, you can't do ministry. You can't parent children. You can't, you can't do anything if you're not alive. It, it helps to be alive, amen? Yes. You know, a few, a few years ago, there's a study that was done in the University of Kentucky, a uh, big, long study on the nature of envy. Uh, and what they wanted to research were the negative effects that envy has on the human body. What, what does it do to the, to the mind and to physical health? And they found that envy causes people to become hostile. Now, you know, we could have told you that, right? Resentful, angry, and irritable. And it only exists when comparison is important to people. Like, you know... Uh, comparing myself with someone. That, that, that's the only time envy can exist, where people will lose the gratitude that they should have about themselves and what God is doing in their lives. All of their positive traits, we lose sight of all of those things. And then we tend to become depressed and anxious and judgmental. And all of these things impact our physical health as well as our emotional health leaving people stressed and, and overwhelmed. So the researchers defined envy in this way. They say that it is a state in which the desired advantage enjoyed by another person or group of people causes a person to feel a painful blend of inferiority, hostility, and resentment. But 3,000 years before this report was written, Solomon had already made the connection between envy and physical health. He already made the connection between envy and, and how it affects the, the mental, uh, the psyche, the emotions of a person. He already made this connection. He says, 
3,000 years prior to this, a heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. It, it changes us on the inside. Long before there was a, a journal of, of medical science and long before there was a board of medicine, he already made this connection. He already had the insight of how envy is destructive to human life. In fact, he's, he's, this isn't the only place where he writes about it. There were several places that he talks about it. In Proverbs 17, 22, he says, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. In biblical times, they believed that the heart was at the center of a person's life, that everything revolves around the heart. It was the innermost part of the human existence. And still today, we use that term, heart, you know, the heart, uh, as to describe just the most essential part of ourselves. And, and we use it in, in phrases like uh, it, when we express love, we say, you know, I, I love you with my whole heart, things like that. We, I, I, you know, or from the bottom of my heart, you know. Debbie told me I, I love you from the backside of my heart, you know. <laughs> okay, you know. In times of sadness, we experience a broken heart, right? We, we remember things by heart. We take things to heart. We even try to guard our hearts, if it's possible, to guard our hearts, to protect our hearts from being hurt, right? So the state of the heart is crucial to our overall well-being. We've got to keep the heart healthy, keep the heart pure, both in a spiritual sense, but also in a physical sense. You know, this is what Solomon is saying. What a sound heart is to the body when you think about what the heart is to the body, what a sound heart is to the body, a right heart is to life. And when it's disrupt, disrupted by envy, then it begins to rot the bones on the deepest part of our lives. It, it, you know, a right heart, when all your emotions and, and your appetites and longings and all of your judgments are in perfect balance and your heart is right, you'll have health. So Solomon creates this contrast between what the heart does to, to the life of a man or a woman, and what envy does. And, I, and for me, it's interesting because the heart feeds your body, but, but envy eats it up. Like a, it's like a disease that consumes us while one thing nourishes, the other thing destroys and takes it away. So the heart circulates and pumps blood, but envy invades the bones in the deepest part of a man's moral life and takes away what was healthy just a moment before. When the author of the, of the Bible hears, he says, he says a heart is at peace, he means a heart in harmony, a heart that is not out of sync, a heart that is not skipping beats and, and dragging along, but a heart that is uninterrupted, smooth, flowing, blood is pumping, life is being, uh, being circulated through the, the entire person. There is health there, there is strength there. But when you take that away, you begin to rot on the inside. We all know that our emotions affect our physical well-being. We, we know that. But envy is the undoing of that well-being. Envy destroys it at the, at the very core. Envy is that nagging urge to get something that you know somebody else uh, has received or somebody else has. It, it, it's a nagging uh, urge to be recognized. I, I want people to know me instead of that person. I want them to see me instead of someone else. I, I need the recognition. Envy is the one sin that no one ever confesses. They will confess 
to, to, to lying. People will confess to, you know, uh, you know, pride. Oh, that was my pride that got in the way. People will confess. Oh, oh yeah, I smoked a wet daddy last night, but, you know, I'm okay this morning, right? They, they'll confess to things. Even Paul was willing to confess that he was a blasphemer. But no one will ever confess of being a, 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 a person of envy. This is the one sin that, that no one will ever confess to. You'll never hear somebody say, well, the reason, the reason why I'm not there for you is because I'm envious of you. The reason why I'm not you know, helping you or praying for you is because I want what you have. You'll never hear somebody say that. But that's what envy is. Envy is the meanest, most vicious, most self-destroying sin of all the deadly sins. And this, in my opinion, was Lucifer's sin. This is why when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, he had to face death. Lucifer's sin was envy. When he was thrown out of heaven, he could not bear to hear the angels giving God glory. He's thinking, what about me? Did you look at how beautiful I am? Why not mention me? He's, envy does that. Envy says, hey, what about, say my name, and not just the name of the Lord. You know, shout my name. Mention me. It not only wants others, uh, you know, what, what the, the things that others have, it, it wants to destroy others so that they can have it. If, if I can't have what they have, I'll destroy the other person so that they're no longer recognized above me. It's a, it's a sin of comparison. Envy will pray that marriages fail. Envy will pray that families are broken, that good men and good women will fall. Envy gnaws at itself. It's like a trapped animal that eats its own tail, that eats its own body, gnawing at itself in a, in a rage because of being, uh, you know, isolated and, and not having access to what others have. Longing for the success of that successful woman. Longing for the success of the successful man. And I wish they would just fall on their faces. That's what Envy says. The Message Bible says it this way. Runaway emotions corrode the bones. It eats away at itself. Men and women who were once totally content in themselves, strong, and content, confident, and secure, all of a sudden sees what somebody else is doing or what somebody else has or the recognition of, uh, that other people have placed on someone else. They see that and they say, man, I want that. Why can't I be noticed for that? And all of a sudden, in an instant, they feel cheated, deprived. And that's where envy comes in. They feel as though they're missing out on something in their lives. So praise God for peace. The peace that God is able to give, praise God for, for the contentment that God is able to give because the heart at peace gives life to the body. A heart at peace, a heart that is pure. It's like a strong, healthy heart pumping that oxygen-rich blood to the body that strengthens you and allows you to live your life. It's like a, like, like a, a healthy heart, a strong heart, both morally and physically, it makes the person well, it makes the person whole where a whole body is nourished. He's talking about tranquility here. He's talking about the shalom of God, the peace of God, regardless of what's happening around you. But envy is the opposite of God's tranquility. It's like a caterpillar in the garden, man, destroying everything that's planted there. 
eating away at a man's life, eating away at the strength until spiritual life begins to wither and there's nothing left. Their joy is gone. There's no fruit on the vine. This is why I believe that forgiveness lies at the very heart of healing. Sometimes people need to forgive themselves. Sometimes we, you know, we need to forgive others and, and we find it easier to forgive other people sometimes than to forgive ourselves. There are people who graduate the home and still have a broken view of themselves. They may graduate and be celebrating and everybody applauding their accomplishments, but they're doubting themselves, punishing themselves, angry at themselves, not even trusting themselves. And when they see others maintaining, uh, uh, you know, uh, whatever it may be, success, whatever it may be, there's a memory of their own faults and failures. There's no life there. It destroys the essence of a man, the essence of a woman. It destroys the bones. Memories of failure, memories of hope will turn things around. Memories of, of health and peace, the peace, the shalom of God can turn things around. All these things, I believe, can be a, a challenge to the life that God wants for a man or a woman because envy becomes the cancer to the body. Solomon says that the spirit of man functions in a similar way to the physical body. The same way you think of a heart that pumps blood and blood is circulated. Envy does the reverse, man. It rots the bones. It takes life away. So guard your heart. Guard your heart, man. It's, it's, you know, a heart of peace, a heart at peace gives life to the body. It maintain, maintains health. There are many ways to be healthy. You can do good nutrition, eat well, you can exercise, you can rest. But Solomon says, well, no, hold on, hold on. Nutrition is good, exercise is good, rest is good, all that is good, but there's a spiritual dimension to well-being. And as well as a spiritual cause, uh, uh, you know, as, as well as, a, uh, a, as, as physical health is good to, to the body, uh, there's a spiritual uh, condition that can destroy the inward part of a man. And sometimes it will destroy it, us, a, a man or a woman at the very core of their lives. It becomes a decay in our lives. So let me just, re, just read you a couple of suggestions that I have for you this morning. And then we'll call it a day. Amen. You can go on a hike. You can eat some food in the back. But just these couple of things, let me leave for, for you. Number one, thrive in the garden that God has planted you. Wherever God has planted you, he's planted you there because that is the place for you. He's planted you in that place where you are because that is where you'll do your most good. You'll grow in the place that he's called you. Now, I'm not saying that we, we may find ourselves in, a, in a, an environment that is destructive and bad. I'm not saying that, that, that you have to stay in that environment. But, but who you are as a person, what you are as a person, the, the, the man, the woman that God has created, let God develop that person because God knows what he's doing. Number two, be at peace with what he's doing in your life. Whatever that is, be at peace with what God is doing in your life. Because God knows, again, he knows what he's doing. Number three, celebrate what good God is doing in the lives of other people. Don't get upset or angry because the same God who does good in the lives of others can do good in your life. Amen. When the Jews heard that Jesus was making more disciples than they were, baptizing more people than they were. 
when they saw the crowds following Jesus and, and, you know, shouting, especially when he entered into Jerusalem and he's throwing palm branches and people are throwing palm branches down and they're thinking, man, who is this guy? Man, he, the, whole, the whole world is going after him. We want what he has, right? Without earning it, without having it been given to them by God, they wanted to take what he had, and they took his life. Envy is rot to the bones, amen? Thrive where God has planted you, be at peace with what he's doing in your life, and celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others, amen? Because the same God who was able to bless others is able to bless you, amen? Will you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you this morning for these words, Lord God, given to us by Solomon. Father God, words, my God, that, that reveal this, this mysterious connection between health and spirituality, between being right, right in the heart, right in the mind, and wellness. And I just pray, Lord God, Father, that you would have your way in each of our lives, my God. I pray for those, my God, that have been longing for your blessing in their lives, have been praying for breakthroughs, Father God, that you would provide for them this morning. Father God, you give wealth. You raise one up and you sit another down. You're the one who provides all things, Lord God. So we look to you this morning for blessing. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. And God's people say Amen. 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 Thrive. Amen. Thrive. Amen. Thrive in the place that God has you. Find out, fulfill all of the possibilities that God has for you. That, you know, no, the Bible says no eye has seen, no, eye, no mind has perceived all that God has for you. We, we, we can't even imagine what it is that God has for me. And I, t you know, when, when I got saved, I remember when I first got saved, hearing somebody say, you know, God has a plan for your life. This is after I, I, I gave my life to the Lord. Somebody said, God has a plan for your life. And I was like, wow, I, I'd like to see that. I, I'd like to know what that is, you know, because I know all the plans that I would kind of create for myself, you know, they're, and they're all vain, you know, but I wonder what he has. So I was curious. I'm going to stick around. I'm going to stick around and find out what he has for me, not knowing that, you know, my life would take the, the, the course that it took. And I still don't know what tomorrow holds. But he has a plan for your life, a, a plan that, uh, of prosperity, of peace, of joy. He, he's not going to harm anybody. He wants to do good things in your life. You don't need what somebody else has. God has something better for you. Amen. So allow the peace in your heart to give you the life that God desires for you to have because anything else than that anything other than that will rot the bones amen we're going to open the altars and I'm going to invite you to come if God has spoken to you this morning you've been longing you've been waiting there's been a promise that seems to have been prolonged and you see others uh, you know success and wealth and families and even the unsaved, and you see them prospering, and you've been wondering, what about me, God? Where, where are you for me? God, I need you, my God. I need you to help, my God. I, where, where are you when I need you? If that's you this morning, come. Come. God is saying, I am with you. Be at peace in your heart. Thrive where you are. God loves you this morning. Hallelujah.
Singing. 